Welcome to the Rangan Heresy podcast. Uh, what do you normally say? We're back. We're back again uh, in the middle of the COVID uh, crisis or whatever you guys call it these days, quarantine maniacs. Uh, well, uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while, I have to say. Uh, and, uh, you know, to my virtual right, we have the crazy Dane. Hello there. Mr. Uh, Eric himself, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, and on. no one on the left. No one on they the left. left no, you. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> it's just us for once. Yes. Well, I guess every, everyone is fucking knackered after uh, our first and only, no, not that first. We had an event in February, Railtech. Yeah. Our but second... it's basically, yeah, our second event for the year, which is fucking insane because it's been fucking eight months since we had our last event. And basically, that's the the only two events I've been to this year. Which yeah, is Ra- same here. Scan- yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. We haven't seen uh, anything like that before. No. Like, literally, uh, since we started, we haven't had any year with a few events. No, this is def- definitely a shitty year for uh, podcasting. Not yeah. podcasting, <laughs> event casting, everything. It's just, it seems yeah. like life is just on the fucking download. Except... Yeah. Except for one thing, uh, well, I, well, I know we haven't done much, but you know, if you can check us out on Facebook, like us on all social media. I know that Eric runs the Instagram. You're gramming away, right? Yes, like at least once a month at the moment, and I'll try to get us get on some more. Yeah, the, well, the, it's, the, it's the... kind of hard when yeah. not a lot of stuff happens, except people are just sitting at home painting. It's like. Yeah, but that that's a good thing about this year. This is the year of painting with uh, with Scandals and Railtech we just held. At Railtech, uh, every single person except for two came with a whole new army. So yeah. guess guess that's the good part about it. We'll probably yeah. put some of them on Instagram. Yeah, I think uh, everyone came with a new army except Bjorn to the Swedish part. But <laughs> Bjorn had a completely new... Alpha, like it wasn't a new legion, but he had a new army, which is oh my god! Uh, I got to learn about some stupid things in book nine. Pretty fucking yeah. Smart. The the new bikes, <laughs> yeah, that, the new uh, bikes. Uh, god Almighty! I, unfortunately, <laughs> I told him about them one week before the event. I should probably have waited. <laughs> yeah, you should have waited. Yeah, Ridic- yeah. ridiculous. Yes. Uh, so, but at least you know shit. Shit is going wrong, uh, <laughs> and thanks. <Yeah. laughs> And thanks to uh, well, Corona, uh, at least, well, not that it's surprising. Everything is always painted, but I think it's fun to see the entire shift of armies and legions yeah. and everyone playing something new, like fucking House with its solar ox that was new. Yeah. Uh, like people is rocking up like Blood Angels. We haven't had many Blood Angel players back in the day, and now there are like a few of them around and some new Iron Warriors. All yeah. kinds of shit broken up. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But, but looking at the book nine, I'll be the first to uh, call it out the hashtag nine jet bike meter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's going to be in every single army from now on if you play Space Marine. Yeah, with the kind of you know, jet paint, target painting jet bikes that can yeah. uh, take objectives. So that that's going to be fun. So um, stay tuned for our uh, book nine. Yeah, review which is going to exactly. come up. I know most people are already up in in our fellow podcasters. Yeah, are more pro- more productive than us in the northern Swede, which is kind of fucked because 
unlike the rest of the world, we're in quarantine, but not really. Yeah. So basically, we can't have events. We can't do social shit, but we all have to work. Yeah. <laughs> we all, and we all have to do all the normal crap on top of the, the shitty part with Corona. So, like, yeah. I, I don't know how many times I picked up my kids from, from school just because, oh, they, he had snot today. I was like, oh, God. All right. So I just drop everything at work, come in, sit at home, try to kind of make a work day work. But, yeah. Yeah. And, that, that's how it is. But hey, then we will be uh, coming out with the most in-depth uh, analysis of uh, Book 9. Now that all the units have been taken, we can uh, go through all the rules and uh, all the exploits and stuff like that yeah. and tell you not what not to do. <laughs> or, or it depends on how yeah. you're, what, what, what you're into. But at yeah. least it's, it's kind of cool, though, because I think that we're probably one of the few people in the world right now that actually had a book nine event so yeah so we kind of there was a lot of aha moments especially yeah. for me just reading through it once and i'm gonna go back to it for episode and just fucking really read through it another time like we did it a bit to, and added that faq yeah so that drill thing could kill units left right and center and stuff and yes to, to quickly <laughs> fix some obviously poorly worded stuff but Exactly, and we we saw the new armies. Uh, the Night Lord players are finally happy after I don't know how many years. Yeah. So uh, that, that's pretty nice. Uh, Dark Angels definitely also a good army. Um, yeah, oh, so... well, Magnus was doing fucking massively well with his. <laughs> the, the only thing he complained was his uh, molecular acid shells, but he think the rest <laughs> of the army was fucking kick ass. It doesn't really yeah. matter. <laughs> like yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny though. Yeah, but, but it was good. It was actually good to have a fucking event. Uh, exactly. I, I could feel a lot of people just like people are getting fucking cabin fever. <laughs> we're not going yeah. out and playing heresy <laughs> anymore. It's ridiculous. Uh, oh, actually, like, we, we've been getting a lot of new players. I think we had four new players at our events, like first time yeah. players. Uh, I actually had had uh, a lot of new players contacting me to want to play uh, Scandus. Yeah, but I said that. Because they're like, oh, we don't really know the rules that much, but really want to try it out. And I was like, oh, well, you could try it, but this is kind of, you kind of need to know the basic rules. Yeah, to uh, play uh, the extra to, rules. Because the, there's a lot of extra rules in real time, and it's kind of complicated. But definitely come around and have a have a gander and, and see you know, have, have get a feel for the community and stuff. So yeah. that's good. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to when this shit is over preferably next year because there's a lot of players and, and people out in the woodworks um yeah because i know they had they also had the 40k community has been running a lot of uh, like a lot of tournaments like yeah. uh, where, where they do only the they do like a selected few for the itc shit and a lot of people there that has just like they they're desperate so they just trying to be like the third or fourth ringer on that tournament yeah. just to play some 40k with mates because yeah. actually like in sweden we have a cap of you can't be more than uh 50 people in in the same building sort of thing yeah uh, so like for for scandas uh because there was a lot of activity going around in the in in the defense whatever you call it where, where we yeah. we usually <laughs> hang after after denmark got closed for us 
Uh, yeah. We, we kind of have to minimize the number of players. It's it's annoying. Like it was fucking weird. Because <laughs> yeah. normally we sell out straight away and now we sold out, but but we kind of oh, I wanted more players and everyone wanted to jump in, but we couldn't really because we weren't allowed to. So it was yeah. weird. It, it was a fucking upside down kind of thing. Yeah. And it is funny because you, you weren't allowed to enter here, but we because it's mainly a sitting event, uh, we were allowed to be up to five hundred people. Uh, but we weren't allowed to have people come in. But uh, at least on the on the bright side, uh, I don't know if people heard it, but uh, NerdCon was uh, cancelled a week before it was supposed to happen. And then we decided to uh, not cancel the Horse Heresy event and f- actually found a store, uh, CC Games, um, which uh, managed to host us. And they had really good um, playing facilities, so we are definitely going to be doing uh, more Raltax from that uh, that place. Um, we really enjoyed playing there, which was uh, lucky we could get the good uh, playing area, and we will be at, la- at least able to host uh, 20 to 30 players in, uh, yeah. in their gaming rooms without standing also close. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And, and now, due to Corona, we're going to go through our uh, RailTech episode. We'll tell you about how you actually can have multiple events happening at the same time, all affecting the same outcome. But that's spoiler alerts, and uh, we're going to talk all about that for for our Scandus slash RailTech uh, debrief episode, which is coming yeah. up soon, uh, after we get this 3D pin- printing extravaganza out of the books, because we yes. <laughs> Had this on the back burner for a while now. It definitely needs to put it up because people are keep asking for it. So, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, now it's coming. So, oh, well, I guess that's our hobby recap. I painted yeah. a bit of militia. Me too. I painted <laughs> yeah, a lot. Exactly. <laughs> and besides that, I've been working on missions for for Scandus, and I did all that shit. Yeah. Uh, well, talking with you guys, planning the events, trying desperately to find like a fucking venue. Yeah, well, it it sounds like uh, as we had the same role and played the same army in two different countries, um, it seems like we have been doing exactly the same thing. (laughs) Painting militia, finding a new location, and uh, just uh, preparing everything on the the internet side. So (laughs) (laughs) pretty much the same for both of us. No, it's cool. And I see that Olivia has updated, so now you can see the points and the battle zones. Yeah. Uh, that's so, pretty uh, fucking cool. So yeah. uh, it's definitely so we, like I think one one good thing, even though we're spoiling it right now, the yeah. one good thing about this like emergency event kind of planning is that we got a lot of cool ideas for the software. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and definitely uh, Olivia got something to do for the next six months. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. Yes. Uh, so I guess we're gonna move into new stuff. Yeah. And obviously, as we talked about it already, way book nine is out. Uh, and so you just wait for our fucking uh, book nine episode. Uh, the lion is out, but we already he he was like previewed way before. Yeah. So there's no bigger there. Besides that, uh, I'm just gonna do a quick uh, stupid homepage. <laughs> besides, besides that, we have um, a new uh, head for the Warbringer, which looks pretty nice. Yeah. So our French friend. Posted uh, on uh, the Book of Faces. Yeah, it actually uh, looks but... very like, very much like a French knight armor. Yeah, like the helmet from a knight. I don't know. Like, I, I think it looks more computer game ish than the original one. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of 
that, that might still, be bad photoshopping. Yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe. But I, I'm <laughs> I'm torn between the aesthetics, and I already said that uh, previously. It yeah. is very in between 30k and 40k. I think the Warbringer. Yeah. And yeah, I, definitely. I, so I can't really decide. Uh, if, like I do like Titans, and I did see it in uh, in real life at the Weekender, and I I do like it, but. I definitely think it looks way cooler with the Volcano Cannon than the Six Shooter. Even though yeah. I love Six Shooters, historically, I, I collect them as yeah. real Six Shooters. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know. Well, don't know. It's, it's, from, from, you, you know my perspective. I, I love I like the cool. old Epic Warbringer. So I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> obviously, I'm an old fucking Grognars and my... Yeah. My eyes are will constantly be burned with that old fucking blanche and black and white drawing <laughs> of the Warbringer. Yeah, it's badass. So it's it's hard for me, but it's still better than all the 40k stuff coming out. So yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah, maybe, but maybe, you, maybe it's just the the paint job, but it's really nice. It's a nice paint job, but I don't know. Uh, but I would, it, for I me, would it's like the, to have more this one. It's like the 40k night, you know, with all the cannons everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I'm kind of the same. But you know me, I'm I'm not so much into playing with Titans. I like how they look, but uh, personally, I don't think they give that much to a game um, no. because it's just basically a few dice you roll. So it, for for me, it's like just placing a big model, rolling the same amount of dice, and not not doing. Yeah, it's it's just I, not I, me. I uh, think that the one thing the one thing that could make titans more interesting in 30k is if they had they could have more advanced rules than they have they tried to simplify yeah, it and make it into just one one dude but if they would have sort of like you kind of like an, an in-between of adeptus titanicus and and 30k so you still have to kind of use your powers yeah I agree on that. To raise void shields, to like use your weapons, and you can't do everything at once. And you kind of like you, you kind of have to have like a power shard and kind of manage them. And I used to love that with old, like I can see where Adeptus Titanicus comes from. If you look back in the olden days when you had the Imperator Titan and you had those power and core fluxes and you put down your tokens on shit. And yeah, so definitely. I, I really want something in between, not overly complicated and not like. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus, but maybe something similar, but that works in a 40k scale. Who knows? But I, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but I really want to write up some yeah different yeah, rules for them for 30k. It's funny because one I'm thinking about it's it's back from my old days playing fantasy. That's actually the old steam tank. I don't yeah. know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. And you used from steam the steam annual steam. and chronicles books where they had like. Uh, you know, you charge steam points, and then you could do stuff with it. You could do exactly the same with the titans. So they also lost abilities as they uh, started yeah, to take damage. damage. Yeah, that that way they wouldn't be like when you play them in a game right now, especially warlord titan. It's like it's just gonna. Well, remove... they work as well all the way up to like one wound yeah. left. Yeah, and they will completely annihilate a table, especially the warlord. Um, so it, it's it's if they had like you could actually try to shoot off an arm or a leg or whatever, uh, it it might be f more fun to play against it as an army because right now it's just a really big knight with 
yeah, that's impossible. Maybe not shoot off an arm, but make it like oh. immobilized or make make it slower moving and like yeah. kind of wear down. Kind of kind of a little bit like uh, <laughs> Ryan Kimmel's gonna love this shit, but a bit yeah. more like yeah, battle tech. Yeah, but for the actual robots, which is kind of like Adeptus Titanicus as well. But yeah, yeah. but just something to make whoever brings, because obviously we are kind of different because we do have events where we run Leviathan lists. Yeah. Which, um, so I think it's it's more, it would make the Titan army more interesting and it would be more fun for the opponent against the Titan army to actually see instead of nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, oh wait, we killed it. Yeah. Or exactly. nothing happens, nothing happened, we got yeah. tabled. They can actually see like, oh fuck, it lost its arm and stuff. And for our real time event, that would be awesome if it was like you had the regen army parts of the fucking yeah. Titan. <laughs> that would be so cool. Like the fucking yeah. arm is gone and he goes into the next battle and he lost his fucking arm. Yeah, that would uh, that would definitely work out. Yeah, but uh, um, who knows? Maybe uh, we can fit. We can make uh, rules for that next year. Yeah, definitely. So... <laughs> definitely something we have to do when we have our yeah. uh, rule meeting. Uh, besides that, uh, there is the Quake Cannon is finally out in uh, 28 mil scale, which is cool. Nice. It's about fucking time. Uh, it is sexy as fuck, and it's going to look fucking smashing on my Warlord. <laughs> what does it do? I, uh, I've never actually looked into rules for it. Let's see. I can't even be fucked looking at Then but I have to I, I... grab my book. Yeah. Stop doing this to me. <laughs> but hey, I can see on the price it's probably big because it costs more than a Zakarin tank for one arm. It's like 1,100 chronos. Yeah, that, that's the weird uh, Swedish one. We get it for 865 here. Yeah, it's because you have pretend money. No, no, we, we, we have the real money, the one with value. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, what? Like a, f a few years ago, actually, the Swedish crown was worth more than the Danish for a few hours. No, no, no. I remember it back in the <laughs> 80s uh, when I went to Legoland and they're like, oh, can you please pay in Swedish crown? We'll love you forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So the good old times. The good old times. It was yes. always better before, before <laughs> Corona, before the dark times. Yes. Before the empire. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> before 2020. Yeah. <laughs> At least nothing is as bad as the pound, though. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that went down. <laughs> uh, that was pretty bad. That's why yeah. it sucks that Fortwell went to uh, local currencies. It would be yeah. so good if it was still in fucking pounds. Uh, There's probably a reason they did it. <laughs> they foresaw Brexit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, I think there's nothing else that's in the news besides uh, Necromunda stuff, but uh, that's Necromunda stuff. So yeah. we, have we have a, I don't know why, but there is a Sikaran battle tank in the new releases and pre-orders, which is out of stock, which well, makes know. absolutely no sense because uh, that model has been around for as long as I've played Horse Heresy. Yeah, but now it's out of stock. What's your problem? Yeah, that's new. Apparently, it, 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 but the, the news is that it's out of stock. How hard, Eric? But, with but the fucking program. Why would they put that up? <laughs> oh well. I don't know. Don't ask me, mate. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I think that that is all the news, and uh, we've done hobby progress, and we have done uh, 
what we've done. So I guess uh, we'll just jump into the the main segment, right? Yeah. So and means... we got more people there. Yeah. Well, we have more people. <laughs> more more interesting people than us, at least. Thank yeah. For that, <laughs> we're terrible if we have to run this podcast just for the two of us. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll be right back with some 3D printing extravaganza after this. segment 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 uh where we're going to discuss everything about 3d printing and with us we have our two swedish gurus of 3d printing extraordinaire and a dane not guru but also a 3d printer wannabe and uh well they're going to tell us all about the ins and outs and the little secrets and little trick tips and tricks on how to 3d print so i'm going to hand it over to our resident dane mr eric to yes. take it off from here and then uh, i'll give you the chance to introduce the other fellas here you go eric yes yes hello there so uh yeah we got uh punters and bjorn today joining us to talk about 3d printing um and yeah, basically, I think we'll start with you guys just asking uh, how how or why did you get into 3D printing? Did I start, Bjorn? <laughs> since I guess or you started Bjorn? because of me? Yeah, so, so basically, I think that 3D printing is quite good, and I got into it since... Uh, there's a big community with free files that you can use, and the Forge World prices are where they are, and the quality from China is where it is. So if you need some small bits and bobs, you don't want to wait three months from China or pay a month's salary for them at Forge World. You can just download the files for free and print them at a really, really low cost. And you can revive a lot of the, the games that don't exist, like Man of War and Battlefield Gothic, and you can print whatever you want. And um, I think the main reason I've been looking at it for, for uh, several years, but the printers have been really, really expensive, and now they're in uh, the consumer bracket of pricing. So I thought, why the hell not, and bought one from Amazon. And it was quite easy and quite good. So I'm happy with it. 
Let's go to you. And what type of printer do you have, Bjorn? I'll have a Elgo Mars. And that's the uh, resin printer? Just uh, Yeah, uh, that's, the, so that's people... a resin printer, an SLA printer. Okay, cool. What uh, about we... you, Panzers? Uh, oh, we'll yeah, we'll we... put well yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll put in the show notes a link to like the different brands and stuff that people have, so they can look at them up on Amazon or whatever and see the stats, and so they know what whatever Bjorn and Pontus is talking about later on when they talk about certain yeah. printers. Yes. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been like following the the three D printing community for a long time. Uh, and a few years ago, they were like a hundred thousand Swedish for a good printer. Uh, and the reason was pretty much to to for Epic uh, to because there was a, uh, there's a huge like secondhand market and and people casting and stuff. And I saw some really good things. And um, when the prices came down, I bought the AnyCubic Photon. And I've been playing around with that since, like, for a year or more, even. And it's been good. Nice. And uh, so after having had these printers for a while, what do, do have you gotten any benefits out of it? You know, when you look at your armies, are they... I'm starting to see the difference, like, compared to just a board army. Yeah, I would definitely say yes to that. I just um, uh, just printed out for a friend who's building a World Eaters army. Um, he got the Plastic Kids from the Betrayal of Kalth boxes and, and the Prospero boxes. But those are all like uh, Bolter Marines. And he wanted two close combat weapons for, for World Eaters. So we printed 60 pairs of arms with bare arms and chains around the wrists for, for that entire army. And I think that was about it for a cost of $2 for 60 pair of arms, which you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. So I think that it makes a huge difference to, to, uh, to armies to be able to, to print those extra things that are not available from either Forge World or somewhere else. And it really yeah. makes that army like stand out and be personal. So you, I think that the one thing that I really like when I watch people do 3D printing is that you can really take like a, a box of calf and then really customize that and make it your personal kind of army that no one else has. And and I and that's one of the things that I really see previously in the heresy community with conversions, but now due to 3D printing, it's 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 like spreading more and more to make your army individual. Definitely. And also, you can, you can customize your characters in a way that wasn't possible before. You can print out like a super ornate power axe uh, that some uh, aficionado with some some um, um, CAD program has made and put out a file for free. And you can print one and set it on your character to make it st stand stand out yeah. from from the rest. And also, they've revived a lot of the the out of uh, uh, print stuff from Forge World, like upgrade kits and helmets and stuff like that. So you're able to to actually continue on armies to build similar units that you have done with upgrade packs, which are no longer available. Yeah, I was going to say that the most uh, the most common thing 
probably if you're looking for files, it's like shoulder pads and helmets and, and stuff like that. So it, it's really good for that. But I think one thing that is good to point out is that if, if you look at resin, uh, the pricing for printing stuff out, I think that like 60 arm pairs for 60 marines is about $2 to print out. And you yeah, can print very, like very... 200 helmets for $3. So so it's really, really cheap. The resin, it's yeah, it's super cheap to print those small, small kind of parts. Yeah. And then uh, what about the FDM printer? I know you had one, right, uh, Pontus? Actually, I do not, but I have a friend who, who has one, and he is doing actually great stuff for the community. He's, he's printing yeah. like uh, those things that you can use to for the old bases to upgrade the base size to 32 millimeters. Uh, he's, he's selling those really cheaply. And What heresy is this? <laughs> 32. What? <laughs> I think one thing to, to point out to, to everyone that is looking for, for a printer is that if you want to do models and like little bits and bobs for your models, you should get a resin printer. And if you want to do large stuff like terrain pieces and stuff like that, you should get an FDM printer. Because if you print small models, like 28 mil models or, or smaller, on an FDM printer, it's going to look like shit. Yeah, you're going to have the print lines all over the model. Yeah, print lines, and it's going to be spidering and all, all the nasty stuff, and it would look total shit, so you couldn't mix those up with, with uh, any other models because it would look ridiculously bad. And the same thing is that if you want to print a big house or something, you wouldn't want to do that on a resin printer because it would take forever. And you wouldn't get anything, everything in one piece. So you have to divide the model into several different pieces and glue it together later. So yeah, the, for, for that, you would like a, a FDM printer to be able to print everything in one batch. Yeah, and one thing I can add with that is uh, when you print big pieces in resin, um, sometimes not all of the resin uh, dries up when you make it. So let's say you have a, a thick wall or try to print a tank in one big piece. Uh, if resin is not completely dry in the middle of the model, then the resin will start to uh, react and release gases inside the model, and suddenly the model will crack, um, maybe a few days later. So, so I can definitely go, uh, go in on that. The smaller models are really good on resin printers, and the FDM printers are, are good for larger models. I'm actually going to go ahead and say that is not really the way it is anymore <laughs> because the, the newer uh, DLP printers, the resin ones, have much larger build plates and they are, in fact, very, very much faster than the, the FDM printers. I mean, if you, yeah. do, if you do like a big, big, big one-piece model on, on an FDM printer, it's going to take days. So... And also, you can hollow stuff out, like do an infill or just have it hollowed out so it doesn't require as much resin and you don't get the, the problems you mentioned, like you have like vent holes. Uh, so it's, so it's, but but I, I, I do agree that the, the FDM printer is 
a lot better for doing terrain and, and large things. Yeah, my comments was also mainly for if you want to start up, um, because of course you can do, and I think we'll also get into that later on with like hollow out models and stuff like that, the, the more advanced techniques. But, but, but like right from the beginning, if you just take the file, throw it in and print, then, then that's definitely a problem you can run into. I would say also if you if you look at at the printing techniques, I think that if you're tech savvy, then you you will be fine with an FDM printer. Uh, but if you're not tech savvy at all and want to print some models, the resin printers are far superior for that, since it's quite easy because they are they're, they're assembled when they come in a box. You just put on put on some bits and bobs with some screws, and it's super easy. You're up and running in like. 10 minutes but most fdm printers come come in building blocks so you have to do a lot of stuff you have to align stuff you have to be pretty tech savvy to get them up and running uh, so, so that's a, a thing too and the the sound from an fdm printer is quite uh, quite much more than from a resin printer so you wouldn't want an an fdm printer in in uh, a room uh, close to where you're uh, sleeping and stuff like that yeah, and that combined with it running for a lot longer than the resin printer can yeah. can get quite loud. So if, if we we can go into before we go into like special techniques and stuff to the practicalities, because uh, for both printer types, there are definitely some uh, some things you need to uh, prepare before you just jump into it. Um, for for the FDM printer, we have uh, the heat issues where you should probably be careful where you touch and. Uh, for resin printers, we have the resin, which is toxic, especially when you when it's not uh, dry yet, and with the fumes also uh, coming from the resin as you uh, have it printing. And I think uh, Pontus, you had some uh, practical things that you could yeah, share. I, I can do the, the what I've written about the the FDM printers. Uh, so this is it's not. From personal experience, but from uh, friends, a couple of friends who have them, and also from reading a lot, so uh, it should be pretty accurate. Uh, so the F FDM printer is—it's the one that most people think about when they think three D printing. It has like a a, a building, a bed, print bed, and uh, sort of an arm that melts plastic coming from a huge spool. Uh, and it builds up layers, uh, so it's it's a pretty cheap printer compared to the the DLP ones, uh, and also the the filament is much cheaper than resin. So if if Bjorn thinks that printing sixty arms was cheap, then this is like probably one tenth of that. So that's good. Um, one thing that I think is it's good compared to uh, the DLP is that it is very precise. Like if you have a file and you want to be, print a wall that is supposed to be six inches across, then it will be six inches. But if you do that on the DLP, it you, you can experience like warping effects and uh, like swell. Shrinkage. Yeah, shrinkage yeah. And, and all types of 
weird things that you don't you don't have that on the, on the FDM, which is nice, and it's also very durable. Like it's lightweight, but still, it's like GW plastic. I'd say it doesn't break or as easily. Yeah. And are there any uh, safety precautions you have to take when uh, working with this? You know, it's, yeah, it's melting it's, plastic, so obviously it's should be it's, it's up towards like 110 degrees. So uh, I have read about printers causing fires, like accidents. I don't think it's that common. But it's, it's definitely very, very messy. Uh, like you have to clean the nozzle and, and uh, do these things in between each print for, for it to, to work perfectly. Uh, many people have set like fire alarms or like a video feed because the print jobs can take days. So you have to, it's not that much fun to just watch it print layers, <laughs> but you, but you still have to, you can't really leave home and have the 3D printer on and, and just don't care. I wouldn't do that anyway. Uh, and so what about these printers are produced in China. So, so the quality on some machines are really good and on some is really bad. So if you buy a really cheap, no brand machine, it could be a real hazard, fire hazard. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. how, how would you go about knowing, uh, like, uh, what's a good brand and research on what to do? Like, do, when you guys picked your printers, how how did you come to the conclusion that that those were the brands that you wanted to use? So it's it's basically a, a lot of people are researching this. There's a lot of YouTube channels. There's a lot of forums on the internet where where you can we where you can look on. What's the most widespread brand? What's the support on the machines and stuff like that? Because that might be important. Because if you buy a no, no brand China machine, you're not going to get any support. If something breaks, which it does quite often on, on uh, printers, you can't get the spare parts. And some of the parts are consumer parts where you need to get replacement continuously. And if you do that from a no, no brand or a really small brand that just popped up, you're not going to be able to replace those things. So just do Google searches or, or look at YouTube channels. There's some uh, un unaffiliated YouTube channels where they try out printers, do tests of printers. So, so they are, are pretty professional printing aces that, that actually compare these kind of things with warranties, with branding, with the uh, customer support and stuff like that. So you know that you can trust the brand you're buying. That that I would really recommend to do. Yeah. And another thing I could add here is uh, if you can, and you live in Scandinavia, for example, where we have the really good consumer laws, uh, then buy the printer from a local internet store. Um, because you will, if you buy from a local internet store in the same country, then you'll also be under the consumer laws in that country. So if anything is wrong with the printer, you don't have to communicate with China, which at least at the Anycubic uh, forums, I see a lot of people have trouble with. Uh, my resin printer came with a bent build plate. And basically, I have a Danish company now that has to uh, get me a new build plate or a new printer. Um, 
instead of having to go through Amazon or to China, whatever. Um, so that that's... one is actually fine because they okay they do actually do do like uh, refunds and and stuff. Yeah. But okay, I would not do. I would not buy anything of of like uh, AliExpress or something like that. No, or even from any cubic themselves, because you then you'll no longer be protected by the, for example, the Scandinavian laws for consumers, and the, the, the yeah, laws I think in China also that's are a, not as good. That's a price range question as well, because if yeah. you look at, at the internet store selling those in Scandinavia, the prices are going to be, I would say, a thousand fifteen hundred uh, more expensive if you do that, and if you yeah. get it from Amazon, well. I think that you're, you're pretty well protected. And if you look at the bigger brands like Anycubic or Elego, there's big communities and they got a really working customer support there as well. So I, w- I wouldn't personally buy it uh, in Scandinavia for that price increase because I think it works pretty well as it is or at least has done, done that for me. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I did when I started as well. I looked at communities and and uh, things like that, and it's 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 really well good to have a, a like support <clears throat> from people who who know what you're talking about. So, yeah. for sure, pick pick a well known brand. Definitely, um, I think then we could. Well, we kind of sidetracked, but if if we go back to like the practical parts, um, what about the resin printers? Because they, while you have the fire hazards and maybe the noise also from the the FDM printers, uh, the resin printers have their own set of issues or at least uh, things you need to be careful with. Yeah, um, for sure, it 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 really does. I mean, the resin toxic. And and it can cause like uh, skin irritation, and I've I've read about people getting like uh, burns, like burn marks. Uh, I haven't seen that, and I've gotten resin on my hand, and it hasn't like done anything. But it's it, you really need to to wear gloves at all time. Like I buy a hundred packs of like I think they're called. Night. Trial gloves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I use them, and I probably change them out at least a couple of times. Because if I touch anything that's sticky, and I don't, I don't want to touch like the printer or anything. So there's there's a lot of uh, used gloves in my bin. So so there's um, I, I would. Um... I would generally uh, agree with you there, Pontus. And and if you're going to use gloves, then use nitrile gloves. Don't use the latex one because resin will melt the latex, so they are no use at all with a resin printer. But I, I started out with using gloves, and you have to to when you remove a print, you have to have one pair of gloves, and then they get thicker, so you have to throw them away, and it's kind of messy, and you don't want to get it on your skin. I got it on my skin a lot of times really doesn't bother me, but I know it, it bothers uh, a lot of people, so it, I, I think that kind of depends on, on how sensitive you are on for, for skin rashes and stuff like that. But then I looked looked up, so, so how can I make this process more enjoyable, because I hate messy, shitty things like that. So then I bought a wash and cure machine. 
that was almost as much as the printer about i think i got it for 1200 swedish so so um, that is basically another machine that is the same size as the printer, which is quite small. I got both of them in my kitchen in an apartment. Is that the and one from, from the same brand? or No, I bought an Anacubic uh, washing cure station. And right. I got an Elgo printer. But it doesn't matter because I just 3D printed a bracket that makes it fit. So you can use right. them for all <laughs> sorts of good things. So when I, have, when I remove a print now, I just remove the print bed and I don't touch the resin when I do that because it's on top of the print bed so you don't have to touch the resin. And then I just put it right into the wash and cure machine. Pushes a button, it washes the whole print bed, washes away the, the resin and its IPA alcohol in, in a canister that it flushes around for six minutes. And then I just pick up the print bed, remove the prints from the bed, put it in the printer and then I can start another print without using any gloves or any anything at all and no spilling of the resin, which is quite useful. So I would say that that is worth every penny I spend because when, when you, when you, like, when you uh, print something, it's like, oh, now I need to wash it and I need to, to do all this messy stuff and gloves here and paper towels there. It just took a bit of the fun out of it for me. But the washing cure station just Push it in, push a button, done. And I think that is brilliant. Uh, that is uh, pretty much the opposite of my, <laughs> of my experience, <laughs> since I have like two uh, glass bins of IPA, like alcohol. So I have to pull the bill out, scrape off the, the print job into and, and, and manually clean it, like with a soft toothbrush or something. And then move it over to another bin with cleaner IPA and do the last bits. And then I can take it out and do whatever. Yeah, that, that's kind of the same I use. <laughs> for, so for I, I think my things. process is better there. And it's 1,200 yeah. kroner, so I, I would think it's well worth it. Uh, but it's funny, into... have you had any troubles with the, with the magnet? Because I know that any Cubic Cure uh, station has been getting a lot of problems online with the magnet corroding away in no time. No, I, I don't see what, why it would corrode since it's metallic and you have alcohol. I think that it's for, for people that corrodes it, they put other stuff in their canister. Yeah, they acidic put stuff. And a simple green or, or soap or whatever they put in there. And then it's going to corrode. But it won't corrode for IPA because that's made for washing like technical stuff. What's the magnet for? Holding the build plate? No, it's a, it's a, bit, a little propeller in, in um, the bottom of the canister where you pour the IPA. So when you put it in the washing cure machine, that connects to, to a, another magnet in the machine that, that swirls it around. All right, right. Yeah. But if you use that's IPA, I would say that that's not ever going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bit messy. So uh, when, you, when you print on the FDM, you print and it's done and you remove the print and you clean it up and do whatever you want to do with it. But when you've done all the things that Bjorn said, you have it's it's only like 90% cure and it also it probably has a lot of supports that you have to remove and and be very careful because it it leaves like pock marks 
on the models if you just rip, rip them off. And then you have to cure it. To I don't know what you use, Bjorn. You usually I use the wash they... and cure machine, of course. Yeah. I just put them on the plate in the wash and cure machine and push another button. Oh, it and cures then... it cures as well. All right. Yeah, it's, it's it turns it has a turntable. You put the model on it, you push a button, and there's UV lights coming on, and then it swirls the model around, and then it's cured. Uh, I, I think the name there, Pontus, wash and cure. Kind of gives it away. Yeah, but... don't listen that. <laughs> the only the, the only thing there is from from uh, the people I've talked with, and also from my own experience, removing prints from when they have supports is easier before the cure. You cure the model because you can use a knife to cut it. Yeah, uh, you while should the, never the rest still... ever cure with supports on. That's yeah. that's wrong. And so you wash it. When you remove the supports from a resin print, you pour hot water. You can just do it in the regular tab. So just pretty hot water from the tab, and that will soften up the supports, and they break off pretty easily. Yeah. So um, cool. I think I'll add, uh, because I've also been reading, since my printer hasn't been working, I've been spending a lot of time with uh, failed prints and the... Uh, extra time you need to have your fingers into uh yeah into the resin to uh, to clean up the um, the fab in the bottom of uh, of the tray you don't put um, your fingers in it I, I think that that we we need to clarify one thing when you read yeah. stuff on the forums and people have problems i would say that 95% of the problems is because people are doing it wrong yeah, so, in, in so, this case, my build plate is uneven, which means all my prints failed, no matter how good I was at uh, yeah, you fixing are them. Uneven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, anyway, that, that's wrong, and, and that, that, that's not gonna, going to, to go away with any kind of warranty, Eric. Uh, well, the, the store doesn't agree. They, uh, they're sending me a new build plate. <laughs> yeah, but I meant for you. Oh yeah, that's. I think it has run out on my parents' warranty there. <laughs> they so, they won't I replace me now. If you, if you if you read forums for for resin printers or FDM printers, it's going to to seem quite intimidating. But that's yeah. that's just because there's a lot of people out there that hasn't done their due diligence and and looked on on how to do stuff, and they expect it to be. Uh, plug and play and it's not oh yeah definitely definitely yeah uh, where where yeah where where i got my as i had time to research it that wasn't really from the forums uh i went to the chemical label and then i went through uh different research papers instead um so it's it's actually from science people and not just forums uh but I'll just go through fast, like what what uh, things I've bought for it, and then uh, you can kind of see how much you want to be on the safe side. Um, because first of all, I got glasses because, like, protective glasses because the IPA. And again, I'm not using a washing cure station, which means uh, for you, Bjorn, you probably won't need that. <laughs> uh, but if you uh, wash it manually with a toothbrush or something in uh, in a can of IPA, 
then it's a really good idea to have protective glasses because resin in your eye is really, really bad and IPA in your eye is also really bad. Um, the resin is... It, tests have shown that there will always be like residue molecules from the resin going through the gloves, no matter which kind of gloves you use. Uh, neutral gloves, if you get like a big amount of resin on them, they last with and kind of good uh, protection for about 40 minutes. Uh, I actually use the, uh, you know, the protective, uh, the gloves you can, that people use at, for example, uh, Subway. When, you know, when you handle food, you have these really thin plastic-ish uh, gloves, and they are actually uh, really chemical resistant, even more than the neutral gloves. So I use them under my neutral gloves to give it a bit of extra life. Um, when it comes to uh, breathing, I have a, I use N95 mask because the resin fumes are, uh, are bad for you in the long run. Um, resin itself will cause or can cause allergies. Uh, the problem is it builds up in the body, so you won't feel any allergies until your body has gotten too much of it and suddenly you have a really strong allergy. So you can get resin on your hands time and time again, nothing happens. And suddenly one day you will have, maybe your whole arm will turn red and uh, yeah, swell up, maybe even start to bleed. Um, so it's like better to be prepared and not get too much on you. Um, and then again, just do, don't get resin on you. And the same with IPA. IPA can also uh, damage your skin uh, tissue. Or in you. Yeah, yeah. And don't, don't get it in you. That's even worse. <laughs> That's a problem for you. I, I think that, that this, this is also a, a thing that a lot of people are super afraid of it, and a lot of people don't give a shit. Yeah. And I think that both have merits. So I personally don't give a shit. You obviously does with your double gloves and space yeah. gear. Uh, and I have the resin printer in my kitchen. Uh, fumes. If you use different kind of resins, you can buy like different brands and different compositions of the resins. So just find one like that you f uh, find one brand and, and color that you find tolerable. Because if you use uh, um, clear resins, they're going to smell more. If you use echo resins, they're going to smell less. So, so it's just a matter of, of finding one that you like. I'm using the Elgo gray resin and the Anicubic gray resin. And my kitchen is about, I would say, 15 square meters. And with the lid on the printer, I can't smell the fumes at all. So they really don't bother me. Anymore. That is amazing. I just have to weigh in on this because, like, the smell and the fumes is is probably the 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 thing that most people complain about. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of complaining the, about it, but I think that people are printing without the lids on, and they're using, especially the transluctant resins. They smell like shit. I tried those yeah. as well. And one thing I also gotta... can say: don't ever ever buy the water washable resins it sounds really good that you can wash the the prints in water instead of ipa 
But the resins, when they cure, uh, they warp and crack. It's one of the most common things that people ask about in every group. Why did my print crack? Why did my print warp? And it's the, the water washable resins. The formulas for those are not perfected yet. So we have to wait uh, yeah. maybe a year or something until they're perfected the formulas. Uh, but they're, they're working on it because that would be far superior than washing the stuff in IPA. But it doesn't work that well now. No. One thing to add about the smell is also remember that the, the smell is not an indicator of how bad it is for your body to actually smell the fumes. Uh, you, you can have it being bad for your body without having any smell. So yeah, I also Eric, have it drink, in my kitchen. You drink two liters of alcohol every weekend, so, <laughs> so let's discuss what's bad for your body, shouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> anyway, rem remember to have open windows and remember to uh, yeah, have maybe a fan running. Uh, to, to be honest, I've never seen I've never seen uh, any evidence of of the resin fumes being actually bad for you. I mean, it's nope. like shit sometimes, but but it's I don't think it's poisonous or anything. I'll no, find I an think, article for you. Yeah, but there's a lot of articles, Eric, and a lot of them says it doesn't do shit. And then there's the the people that says, "Oh, you're gonna die! Oh, you're gonna die!" I don't think you're going to so, die from it, but you might develop allergies. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the way your apartment looks, Eric, uh, I'm amazed <laughs> you don't have any allergies already. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll die from the mold. <laughs> the mold but is gone. Use, like, <laughs> if you have a garage, use it, or you can actually like buy, like, what's it called? It's uh, plexiglass. What's that called? Like build a box and and stick a fan on it with a, a hose connecting to the outside. Yeah, but fire. you really don't need to do that because the newer brand of printers, I don't think that either you or me got that, Pontus. But if you look at the, the Elego Mars Pro, which is the new model from Elego, they got built-in carbon filter fans. Oh, and nice. I think that the new Anacubic will have that as well. So, so that is something that is being addressed by the manufacturers. So, if yeah, you buy a new printer, fan, then, then you just need to change the filters once in a while. It doesn't do anything except it takes the smell from inside the printer and and just <laughs> makes it go yeah. to the outside, so yeah. it smells like shit. It's so, I actually disabled the fan. But the newer ones have carbon active carbon filters on them, so so I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think it's just you, Eric, being a pansy. And you have no <laughs> successful prints to show for it, so I think your process is shit. Well, I don't have any health issues to show for it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah that is debatable, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can't really blame, uh, blame me for having bad prints when my build plate is, uh, is bending about a millimeter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So we'll, we'll see you when that, I get a new build plate. That's what she said. <laughs> Her build plate? Okay. So if we get to the next, uh, next one, um, we kind of have covered it. How easy is it to design and print? You have, you have talked about printing. Um, what, what about designing? Have any of you done that? 
I've, uh, I've dipped my nose in a in it a bit. It's if you want to decide like design a, a a square block, that's not very hard. If you want to design a model, that's way harder. Uh, there's a lot of different programs. Uh, the free ones aren't very good, and the if you want to buy a license, they're not cheap, and you need to to have some some skills. To, to actually do it. But with enough training, anyone could do it. Uh, but but you have to be be prepared to put in some hours to, to be able to do a, a nice model. Yeah, I was going to say... Print, for printing, I would say that Thingiverse and the Yegian uh, Cult 3D, uh, all of the designers around the world, the hobby designers, they put up stuff there for free. And there's a bunch of different Patreons where you can get a bunch of model each month for, for $10. You get the STLs for them. So just find a Patreon that, that um, it does stuff for the games that you like. There's a lot of fantasy Patreons. There's 40K Patreons. It's epic yeah. Patreons. There's a Patreon for everything, and a lot of them. So, so printable scenery too. Yeah, printable scenery. Yeah, there's an abundance of them, and Kickstarters for STLs and and a lot of stuff like that. But mostly, I just download files from Thingiverse or or 3D Cults uh, for free because it covers most of the hobby needs. If you play BFG or if you play Man of War, if you play 40k, 30k. Uh, Necromanda, whatever. There's a lot of files there for free. For a short time, usually. Like, if Definitely. the signs that people put up is too good, uh, they will disappear shortly. Like, when, yeah, when they release, like, the, the new... Nazis come after them. Yeah, like, yeah. like they released the, the pictures of the, the new 40k box, or semi-new and uh, people made uh, the signs of the bikes pretty much spot on uh, from what they are in the box and they got removed like instantly yeah but there's a lot of the if you you can ask questions on the forums and, and then people will will get in touch with you i got a guy that offered me a printable um thunderhawk gunship and transporter for 20 bucks for the stls <laughs> and I have that them would for take free. a while to print on this generation. Yeah, it will, but the... <laughs> it will be a lot cheaper than buying one from Forge World. Oh yeah, especially yeah. as you can't get the transporter. I need. Yeah. I know. Someone I know. Biagic, I know. Biagi just uh, bought one that was more expensive than a Reaver. If <laughs> you want to buy like a Titan from Forge World, you might as well buy a printer and print one, and then you would have made like a profit. So to speak, yeah, I, I would say that that if you look at the pricing on a three D printer, if you're invested in the hobby that we do, I think that a three D resin printer is the best investment you can do, because if Definitely. you look at what buy, buying like five models from Forgeworld will cost, that's about the price of a three D printer, and then you can print thousands of models for yourself. Yeah, and they have the new. Uh... The oh the Saturn and the Mono X that just came out for uh, at least uh, or the Saturn I think it was from uh, Eligo. Um yeah. 
where it has like four times the build plate of a normal resin printer. Yeah, you can you can you can do a lot of, of bigger stuff on that one. But yeah. To be to be honest, the price increase for that one is I think that is about six hundred dollars. Yeah. And a regular Elegoo is about two hundred dollars. And if you print twenty eight mil models, I could fit in three full thud guns with crew on one build plate. I could fit nine on on the Saturn, but why would I need that? Yeah, I, th I think it's for uh, if you build terrain and want it really detailed. Um, I'm, I'm I got a bunch of uh, fantasy terrain waiting, and I'm kind of regretting actually I didn't. I, I bought a printer, and pretty much immediately after I bought it, then the um, Saturn came out. And if it comes to terrain, if you want to print full Land Raiders, for example, uh, then you can actually do it on that printer. A Land Raider yeah, would could. have to be sliced in two uh, to, to fit a normal uh, resin printer. Yeah, so if you want to pr print big vehicles and stuff like that, get one of those. But if you want to print models and shoulder pads and bits and bobs, it's not worth the price tag. And Definitely also, not. if you look at the newer printers now, anyone who's in the market for one, I would make sure that it's a monoscreen 2 or 4K version. Because that's the, that's the plate uh, that sends out the UV light that cures the resin during your print. And for, for the, the first generation one, the ones that me and Pontus has, it's an LCD screen. And those don't have the longevity of uh, uh, the monoscreens, and they're much slower. So the prints are up to three times faster with the monoscreen, and the screen lasts up to five times longer. So, so that's the recommendation. If you're in market for a new printer, I would get uh, the... Is it the Photon S that has that? Or is yeah. it the model? Mm, um, no, there's a new one, I think. But it also has like a, a, a better resolution overall, yeah, yeah. like twice or four times or something. So that's good. Yeah, and for the... They just released a new model uh, from, from Elego now that is the Mars... Elego Mars 2 Pro. That is what I would get if I were to buy a printer today. I would, I would probably wait a little bit, but like, f like when you buy anything on the first day, you're probably gonna have problems. Like the, um, I bought the the AnyCubic Photon, and my friend bought the AnyCubic Photon S because that was uh, had just come out. Uh, but what he, what he didn't know what is it's it's a completely different printer underneath. It's the same chassis, but everything else is like different and it has no community and it's very hard to get spare parts and and even if it's the same brand so i would probably wait a little bit before investing and i yeah, would so buy it <laughs> yeah one one thing we could also mention for the screens because i i looked into uh, what actually causes the screen to uh, go fucked uh, because the screen is a consumable part of the printer um, and one of the things that affects the longevity of the screen is the heat that's generated from the resin when the when the light in the printer is on uh, so basically when the 
when the UV light hits the resin, the resin starts to uh, harden and that will release a lot of heat. So you, one of the settings you have on the printer is how long should the print wait when the build plate moves up and down. Then you have a timer for how long should it wait after it comes up till it comes back down. If you have long prints and you want to make sure your screen lasts longer, then it's a good idea to, uh, to make the wait time longer because it gives the resin time to let some of the heat come out before the build plate comes back down uh, and generates even more heat. Um, so that, that's a setting you can, uh, if you don't care about how long your print takes, uh, but want your screen to, screen to last for extra hours, that's one way to, uh, to get some extra hours out of it. I think um, that, that when you get a printer and you start looking into all the printer software, uh, there's a lot of different settings there. Don't go mucking about with those settings if you're not really, really sure on what you're doing because you can really mess stuff up. And, yeah, and definitely. If, if you look into the brand uh, forums or Facebook groups, there's a lot of Facebook groups for this. People that, that are really experienced with this has posted the settings for the different resins and for the different printers. And I would suggest use those because they have like printed 5,000 models on, on their printers and they have tweaked those settings to, to good results. So, yeah. so don't go mucking about with those too much because you can really, really destroy your printers if you do it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and one, one thing that, that we haven't talked about, which I think is really important, is the process on how you actually... Uh, do stuff with your software because you will get supplied with a piece of software with your printer and for and the algorithm, <laughs> yeah for some brands but not all <laughs> if you look at the Prusa for example which is one of the, the high um, quality brands uh, that is the best slicer you call it the, the program is called a slicer where you actually form your prints and set the supports and stuff like that. Uh, for the Elgo, it's called Shiro Box. It's okay. Uh, it's not optimal, but you have to use it because the file format used for, for the prints are unique to Shiro Box for Elgo. But uh, when you set the support, which is the hard part with resin printing, I would say, especially for new beginners, if you set the support wrong, your, your prints are going to fail. It's like you, you build them up in different layers, and, and if those layers are not properly supported, they're going to melt like an ice cream. And you use these slicers to, to set those supports, and there's a function called auto-support where the program uh, sets the supports for you, which is a really, really useful feature, but it doesn't really work all the time. And especially not in Shidobox. So I found for, for the best um, auto supports, it's the Prusa Slicer from, from that company. So I import my STL files, which I download from late Thingiverse, and I take it into to Prusa. And then I put the auto supports in Prusa, and then I export it as an STL with supports. And then I import it to Shidobox, and then I slice it. And then I take a program from Anycubic called uh, the Photon File Validator and check the file for any unsupported areas and add supports where, where they're needed. And then I slice it again and then I print. 
So it sounds quite complicated, but when you get a hang of it, it's really good. And since I started using that uh, process, I haven't had a single failed print. Just takes time. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't do all that that much that you do. I I use Sheetobox and I do manual supports all the way because you can actually uh, view all the layers and you just add layers and see where parts of the model starts and you put supports and it's fine. Yeah, you you. That, that is also fun if you know where to set the supports. And for a beginner, that would be kind of hard, I would say. But there's, there's very good uh, uh, videos on YouTube that, that shows yeah, exactly definitely. how to do it and, and, and all the steps that Bjorn described. Yeah, because so, I think it's important to go to, when it comes to how to place your supports, we could spend hours going through that. Uh, but uh, again, the YouTube videos are really good because supports is a science in itself. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I, think, I think we have two different schools here, and I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see that. So Pontus yeah. washes his print manually. He puts his support manually. He's the manual guy. I want everything <laughs> to be automated. So I do the washing cure, and I do the auto-supports. But I yeah, think that, I, that we both have had a lot of successful, nice prints. So I, yeah. I think that both, both things work. But it's just a matter of that you need to find the style that works best for you. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm right in the middle. I use your method to, uh, to prepare the prints, except for the file validator, because that doesn't work on the, on the Anycubic Photon S. Uh, it is not updated yet to actually cover that printer, which sucks. <laughs> um, but with, with that said, I use your method to uh, start up, and then I just look for, like in the in the Prusa slice, you can, when you put the support, you can kind of move your mouse where it also follows the layer, so you can kind of see where the different parts are. You just have to do it manually, which will probably take a longer time. And then yeah. I do the, I have, during my trial and error for finding out what was wrong with my printer, I let a friend print one of my prepared files and it came out perfectly on his printer. And then I did it on my printer and uh, yeah, it failed horribly because of the fucking build plane. <laughs> uh, That's but, because God hates you, Eric. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't believe him in either, so it's, it's probably why. <laughs> So it, it's yeah, just not supposed to happen on my printer, apparently. <laughs> we briefly touched on like doing your own designs. Uh, while I haven't actually created anything myself, I've uh, fucked around with programs to modify files, which is pretty fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Like sometimes you get a, you download files and they're they are uh, like sliced into different parts and maybe you want to put them back together or you, you want uh, to slice a, a bigger model in, in parts or you want to change out a gun or an arm or whatever. And uh, there's actually free programs to do this. I use... Which ones? <laughs> yeah, I use uh, Autodesk. I think it's the company that makes AutoCAD and they have a program called Mesh Mixer, which is... Uh, 
it's fine and it's free and you can yeah. like cut out stuff and import and, and uh, resize and move stuff around i i'm not too good at it yet you can you can do sculpting and stuff like that but i haven't delved that deep yet and i can also if if you want to get into designing your own stuff i'm starting to to do a lot of those things and i research the programs which ones to use, which are good, which are free, which are paid. And I think that the most success that people around the internet is having is with ZBrush, it's called. It's a 3D modeling program that works really well for, for doing your own resin prints and own designs. I've seen commercials for, like in the 3D groups on, on Facebook, for people teaching classes in, yeah. in ZBrush. So I'm... I'm... I, I want to do that, I think, if I have time. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, of good videos as well on YouTube. Yeah, it could be fun. But I think that, that for me, because I'm shit at like drawing, I think I'm going to be shit at designing stuff as well. <laughs> no, but I think that this is much easier because this is angles and, and uh, you build, build it up in a different way. Of course, you need to have some kind of sense on how to post things. Uh, but... but I think, as with all things, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I don't think that you actually need some artistic talent to do this. It's more of, of uh, being able to have the patience to learn how to design it properly. Yeah, like I think, yes, tanks and, and guns and like square blocky things is probably not that hard. Yeah. No, no, it's, I, I think it's, it's quite easy. I did a couple of dices. Uh, because I want to replicate the Alpha Legion dices from Forge World, which are no longer available. And I think I'm getting there. I tried a couple of prints, but they're still a bit too boxy. I want the rounded edges, which I can't really get to to uh, line up. But I'm getting there. It's probably easier to find some dice online, download the files, and change the the symbols instead. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. But uh, I think it's it's... This is like another dimension of the hobby for me. I like to paint stuff with airbrushes and, and brushes and stuff like that. Uh, I hate building models. That's, I think, is one of the good things about 3D print them because you can print them in, in one, one go so you don't have to build them, which I think is uh, awesome sauce. But just for the designing your own stuff, because if you have a model of a... a a marine then you can reposition it as you want you can change the weapons you can do you can do whatever you want so you can basically print a full horus heresy army for i would say less than 50 dollars when when you get it right and you can make it look however you like so i think it's more of a, a another dimension to the hobby for me yeah for sure it's it's not so much as a complement to the hobby as as a different hobby yeah yeah definitely definitely and i'm actually looking forward also to see how the miniature companies are going to react to the rise of 3d printers here like i think that they will they will need to change their entire business model because yeah. i just recently found some kind of nice guy that had made replicas of the invictari suzerains <laughs> uh, for the helmets the torsos the shields, and I printed those, and they look exactly like Forge Worlds. 
and a lot cheaper, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I think I could print like a army of suzerains. If I were pr to print ten full suzerains, that would probably be, be like three dollars. Yeah, Res resin is. So I'm getting an all suzerain army now, Eric. Next time I play you, you're gonna get it. <laughs> oh, you haven't met my uh, militia army. So much AP true. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really printed that much that I've actually used. Like I did jump packs for for Mark III for a squad and little bits and bobs, but nothing major so far. No. I think one, one of the things I look forward to see is uh, maybe trying to uh, make tanks when I get my printer to work at some point. That, uh... I found a nice file on, on um, uh, Javelin, Javelins. Nice. Yeah, yep, I've seen that. It's really good. It's, it's pretty pretty much spot on from the original. Yeah, it's yeah. I would say it's spot on. So that yeah. that is actually my printer now. Nice. And that one one thing I I would also like to try. Um, have you seen the guy who put up um, Her Horus Heresy style attack bikes, where he you know with the rounded surface instead of the normal uh, bulky. Got those. Pontus printed ah. them for me. The the. The wagons, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know how, how do they come out. Did you paint them or? No, I've built them, but I haven't painted them yet. Therefore, my Ultramarines 2.0 that I will be finishing sometime in the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem when you have a printer. You, uh, your painting line is not shrinking. No, but it, it's, I think it's this is fun because now you 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 find files and it's like yeah, I'm gonna do my chaplain with this head and these kind of things. So instead of just buying a shitload of kits, you can just kit bash your own stuff with a file from from the internet. And I would say yeah. that at least the Forge World inventory, at least as many files exists on the internet that that Forge World got, and some are even better looking than, than some of the Forge World stuff, which you can just print yourself. Yeah. And for the mere price of about 2k Swedish, I think that's a bargain. Definitely. Have you Nothing become a fireholic yet, Björn? Like collecting what? files? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that the shame pile of STL files is at least as big as the shame pile of resin at the moment. Yeah, this is... <laughs> I, I just checked. I have... 62,148 different models on my computer. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm only at 1,600. <laughs> the, the, there's, there's a lot of things that you can print yeah. if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, and also Wait, stuff which... gets removed. Cause, uh, so if you I, find I want, I want my Britannian fleet. Bjorn, give me a Britannian fleet. You just got a plague fleet for Man of War. Yeah, no, but that's already painted and done. Now I want a Britannian fleet. <laughs> like, How many slave like painters do you have? <laughs> I need all the fleets. Uh, anyway, when you we're need talking to get about a printer ready to, to put why, in your why, why do I have one in uh, Södermalm? <laughs> <laughs> you sheep fucking bastard. And also, until CSN is sorted, I'm not getting fucking shit, not even food. So I guess the printer is, <laughs> uh, is my second, second concern here. Yeah, but just sell the rims to your car and then you can buy two printers. Mm, that's true. <laughs> or actually four. But that's... Yeah. 
So just get rid of the pizza raser. No, it's my baby. I I need it. I'm going to sit there now and cry instead. (laughs) But when we were talking about stores before, actually, we I, I saw a few stores who did like went on with the with the whole uh, printing community um i don't know if you have seen artel w i think they are russian um it's it's a company that makes amazing quality resin miniatures it's uh yeah i, I have seen those yeah it's it's the best place i've gotten models from ever um and i'm on the community side on uh, facebook and one day they were just like, hey guys, um, here are the STL files for free for all models that we no longer sell. Um, just, just imagine Fort World doing that. So just like, here you <laughs> go, that's guys. That's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> but it's, I, I kind of like how they're um, like, well, we're not doing, uh, doing these anymore. So now we're just throwing them out to the community. Thank you for buying our stuff. And here's what you need to continue your line um yeah but i think that's heroes. the way to do it yeah def i agree i agree i think that forge will we need to focus on making better rules stuff like Definitely. that because the 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 printing uh, will impact their business model quite severely i think it already has first it was the chinese recasters now there's vi- widely available 3d printers with free files just to print out for a couple of bucks yeah, exactly. And I thought I saw um, what they call Raging Heroes. They they put up another concept where they have, I think it's a ten dollar um, patron, and then they have the normal store. So they have their normal store, which has, by the way, upgraded their resin to be before it broke. If you pretty much touch the model, it's really really strong now. Uh, so yeah. Props to them for improving their resin because it, it needed it and now it's really good quality. But now they have also started a Patreon where they are putting up files uh, so you can go to the store, buy models, or you can go to their Patreon and get STL files. Um, and I think companies should really look into doing that because the the Patreon, uh, I, th- for, I would probably join up for Raging Heroes at some point and they're still going to make money from their fans being on their Patreon. Um, they don't need the production facilities as much. Um, so, so I think it's a whole new way of thinking the business model for the companies. Yeah, um, definitely. And and also uh, one thing that is good, which I'm dying to try out, it's on its way from, from the US. I bought a bottle of uh, rubberized resin. So you can actually print bendable stuff. Yeah, this is why we should have had Ryan on because he's he's been screwing around with with flexible resin. Yeah, because you can you can buy like flexible resin and yeah with rubber. Oh, very funny. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to. <laughs> I don't think that's something you want to put inside someone. But anyhow, uh, you could you could mix in like I think Ryan does ninety percent normal resin and ten percent flexible. Yeah. Which that's exactly what I was was thinking of as well. So you can print those pesky power swords or antennas or stuff like that, so they won't break off models. Yeah, exactly. And I think that works well. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of I've read read up about it and, and watched a 
shitload of videos. So if you if you take the ratio down to seventy percent regular resin and uh, and thirty percent of the flexible, then if you play if you do a, like a master of signals for thirty k with the big antennas and stuff like that, you can actually bend the antennas about ninety degrees and they won't break. Wow, which is that's really pretty really fucking cool. amazing. <laughs> And you could you could uh, you could also do flight stands and stuff like that because if you glue on a flight stand on a hello hello did he you disappeared did you so Bjorn yeah I think you muted yourself then that gives me time to say something yeah exactly <laughs> stop talking while Bjorn is muted. Yeah, I was yeah. I was gonna say that I think that the the people that make the files, there are some really, really talented people out there. But there is one problem that I've seen. Uh people make these beautiful files and when you print them, they don't come out as well as the pictures. Uh and that has to do with like inexperience in in modeling, I guess. Because I think you have to exaggerate things a lot more. Because uh, when you print it in, in uh, like a helmet in twenty eight millimeter, I downloaded some some uh, Susrain helmet and it looked really nice. But once I printed it, it was just too small. So the mark, the, the people making stuff has to mature. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's but like it any, any community-driven, any community-driven uh, stuff is is people are going to try. They're gonna put their files on the internet, and they're gonna be shit. But if you don't pay for it, who cares? And if you get a a too small print, it's a dollar. Throw it away, scale it up, print it again. Definitely, definitely. So, are there any uh, any other uh, comments, things you want to talk about with the 3D printers? Uh, I think we have been covering quite a lot now. Now, I would just like to emphasize that if you are going to dip your nose into resin printing, uh, I would advise you to buy the Wash and Cure station because it will be a lot less messy and a lot more fun. Yeah. And from the Anycubic community side, I can say only put the IPA into the washing cure station. Don't put symbol green or whatever other uh, weird things people have been using instead of IPA lately. Um, because no, but I think that is one thing the... to, I think that is yeah. one thing to, to actually emphasize. When you wash your prints, use IPA. Don't use the other stuff because it might work, it might not work. A lot of people are having problems with it, with the resin residue sticking to their prints. And I've seen a lot of people have great success with washing them in acetone, but that is really hazardous. So I would say yeah, that IPA because this is actually what it's made for. Yeah, and acetone will also destroy the model if you leave it in for too long yeah um it will dissolve it in a matter of uh, of a few hours so yeah and if you yeah. don't like fumes acetone is bad for you should i mention oh, yeah. that, that uh, 
Was it called T-Rod? Yeah, it works. If you if if you clean it off and and be done with it, don't leave it in. Don't don't mess around. And it's fine. Yeah. But again, but if, think if that, you that, live that, in that... Scandinavia, go for IPA yeah. because Scandinavia, even during Corona, IPA was only sold out out for like two weeks here. Um, and that that is also a good thing to point out, uh, especially for Sweden. I don't know how it is in Denmark, Norway, or Finland, but in in Sweden, IPA you can buy it at like uh, Shell and Company or or Claes Olsson, but it's really expensive. So so I googled around a bit and found a wholesale like you know a mechanical shop where where they where you can buy it in in five liter. Uh, five liters instead of one liter for 230 Swedish, I think, in, <laughs> in Shell and Company. And I bought yeah. 10 liters for, for 450 ish from a, a tech company instead. So look and around. That will last. That will last a long yeah. time. Yeah. And the thing is that you don't, when you use the washing cure station, as, as I do, I, I just, when, when the, um, the IPA is dirty, I pour it in a, you know, a Coke bottle, a pet, pet Coke bottle, and I put yeah. it in my window for a week. And then the resin within the IPA cures and falls to the bottom. And then I just take a coffee filter and put it back in the tank. So I recycle it every time. And I would say that the last time I did it, it's three liters in the tank for the wash and cure station. Uh, and when I recycled it, I had 2.8 liters. So it's going to last quite a long time. Definitely. And I think also uh, one, one thing to, to remember there is uh, resin does not go to, into the sink. That is uh, highly illegal in, uh, in Scandinavia, at least. Um, so do, as Bjorn said, cure the resin, and then you can throw it away in the normal trash. Um, do not throw it in the sink ever. Uh, because it's really, really harmful for the environment. Or and... if you hate the environment, wash it down your sink. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, do... And then hope in, uh, in, a, in 10, 20 years that we still have uh, sea animals left to eat. <laughs> and also, as uh, an insurance person, if you were stuck up on the IPA, uh, you might want to check your... Uh, Home insurance, because most insurances actually have a maximum limit on how much really flammable liquid you're allowed to have in your house. Uh, so in case your house burns down, uh, you might get a reduced insurance payout if they found out you had too much uh, IPA in the apartment. So again, if you want to be on the safe side, or you can just ignore it because it burns really easily and vaporizes really easily. So probably they won't find any trace of it. No, if it but, burns uh, down, they're hardly going to find any evidence. <laughs> uh, it's it's more like if you have a let's say uh, your Facebook, you type of person who has to take pictures every of everything. If you happen to take a selfie in your kitchen with the uh, with three five-liter uh, IPAs standing there behind you, and your apartment is gone the next day, um, then you might be unlucky, um, especially if you're friends with someone from the insurance company. 
Yeah, but that would be the so, same as taking a <laughs> selfie with Freddy, because if you put Freddy near an open <laughs> flame, he will explode. Yeah. <laughs> From the alcohol, that is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, as, as we're doing the episode on 3D printing, we might as well uh, give you the practical information, and then you can choose to do what, it would, what you want. Yeah, um, you can choose to be a pansy like you, Eric, or cool like me, and don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, any of you have any more comments? No, I would just say that that if you're hesitant to buy a 3D printer, don't be. You will thank me later, trust me. This is really fun, and it does a really big thing for, for the hobby that we're in. And all of your friends are going to love you and ask you to do stuff for them. And you can overcharge them heavily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but from, from what I heard on the forums, a lot of people are making money off their printers. So if you yeah, actually you can, start you, you printing... Could join, you could join like a printing service, a professional printing service, and just print stuff for, for people. Or you could yeah. do like me, just print stuff for Freddy and give them to him because he has CSN down payments. <laughs> Exactly. Because <clears throat> everyone loves me as well. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you told us we had to. That is true. Or I kill you all. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Pontus? Any word of wisdom being the oldest and greatest of us all? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Like, if you want to go like balls deep, get a, a FDM printer as a compliment. That will save you some time and money printing Warlord Titans and stuff. Yeah. And don't place it right next to your IPA when it's really hot and running and the IPA is sending out fumes. Um, keep them a bit apart. Cool. But yeah. <laughs> so I <laughs> so, guess we end on the fire hazards where yeah, we, we also end on the fires, like uh, the emergency <laughs> exits are to your left and to your right. And you know. Yes. <laughs> It's all good. Cool. Well, I want to thank uh, Pontus and Bjorn for uh, coming on this segment and giving us uh, all these words of wisdom. And, uh, well, as long as Bjorn keeps giving me stuff, I won't buy one. But eventually, I guess I will have to buy one and put it in the garage. Who knows? <laughs> I so, think you should. Uh, well, the first thing I will print is a gun so I can go and kill every single person at CSN. And then after, <laughs> we'll delete that later. Anyway, so yeah. cool. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for being on. Uh, much appreciated. And for sure. Thanks for, for sure. having us. And, ours, and I guess yeah. you guys will be back soon when we start talking other shit as well. Uh, but uh, we will be right back for our end segment after this. Everything about 3D printing and then some. And I, I know for a fact that after that episode and before we actually, <laughs> before we even dropped it, I know that Ulf went and bought a fucking 3D printer after he heard that we were doing a 3D printing episode. And I think more people are definitely into 3D printing. And after they listen to this, they're definitely going to hit up those 3D printers. And you have to get one of those uh, stuff, Eric. They found the, the one that fucking uh, Bjorn has. Yeah. Well, uh, I sent my printer back. 
Um, so right now I'm waiting for uh, for them to see if uh, or is it the cure station you're talking about? Yeah, you have to get the cure station. Oh uh, yeah. Well, first I need to get a working printer. Um, yeah, well I know, they... but after that a cure station because yes. apparently it's all about the fucking cure stations. And after talking yeah. to people at Scandis, uh, everyone is raving about the cure station. So you just have, <laughs> well, to, you have to do it. It's the new black. Yeah, yeah. I've just looked at the, the Anycubic uh, Facebook group, and apparently about 25% of the cure stations are utter crap and not working, and the Magnus, yeah, the Magnus dissolve and everything. So, uh, but if when I get a working printer, I'll look into it. Just talk to Bjorn. You know where yeah. to find him. Yeah, well, uh, Bjorn can't fix it if it's uh, broken from the start. <laughs> That's true. He's just been lucky so far, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Or you've been uh, unlucky, and he's yeah. been normal. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, yeah. cool. So definitely, if you have more 3D printing-related questions, just uh, send us an email or hit us up on the Book of Faces or like send us a personal message and so on and so on. And we'll do what we can to find out whatever information you require. Uh, if yep. you have cool... Uh, uh blueprints and files that for stuff that you think that you want to share with us that you have printed or conjured up something sexy that is good for the greater community just hit us up as well uh we're always thankful for all kind of fan and uh support we get from people uh, yeah and uh, um, that goes for everything ideas for units ideas for like uh, missions and narrative stuff and whatever like we love that shit. so you yeah. send whatever and for, for the 3D print we talked about, um, I actually found a video talking, uh, it was a chemist, um, PhD chemist, talking about how resin works. Uh, so I think we will include that link in the uh, podcast here so you can, uh, you can go check it out if you want to know more about how resin works and safety and stuff like that. Um, it was a really interesting uh, video. I think it's about 20 minutes long. So... Yep, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll definitely add that on with all the links to different brands of 3D printers and stuff yes. that people have used in, here that we know in the community and their recommendations and stuff. So we'll definitely put that in as well. Yeah. And I guess besides that, uh, our next episode is going to be uh, our Scandis recap, talking about yep. everything that happened, which is going to be uh, super interesting because... Technically, we ran two event, events at the same time. They were linked, and uh, uh, half, of the, half of the crew was in Denmark doing their event, and the other half was in Sweden. So we'll and tell points. you all and points and shit. Or everything yeah. is interlinked, but we'll, we'll tell you all about that sex, sexy stuff uh, in our next episode. So I guess... Definitely. It I might even know. be the first event running completely live at the same time with points counting in real time across countries yeah i think so well we'll it see if be. someone if someone <laughs> wants to say that it's not true and and kind of you know dethrone us then yes. let, it, let us know as well and how, how do you think that you know multiple events and stuff and if you have ideas about events or if you want events shouted out just let us know and we'll push them out to the wider community as well eventually when this fucking travel band is over um i am sure the event fucking uh, world will just explode because people have been sitting home on their asses now thinking about all these great and cool cool ideas for narrative events yep. they want to run so i'm i'm definitely looking forward to when this corona shit ends so we can start hanging with all our 
other mates all around the world and and play different types of events yeah and then we can uh, show the 10 armies we've been painting while we were sitting at home <laughs> exactly uh um, or 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 the remnants of our livers because yeah kind of using alcohol wipes on the outside and uh, whiskey on the inside exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i guess uh, that's all from us from this time and we'll see you soon for our next episode so i guess that's uh, all there is from me yeah and uh, i don't think i have any more either so, well, so then you have to flow with it, eric you say and and that's goodbye for me yes. and me and, and me. then and then <laughs> i'll do don't forget it by about it boys and girls be like angron in the streets and fool him in the sheets and try not to lose your head this is the rangan heresy podcast signing mm -hmm. off uh